0: So Eric's thoughts on Marcus Freeman's top 3 decisions of the offseason will go 3 to 1 and we'll start at number 3.
1: And and I included the offseason as December as well. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I changed the rules on you. I apologize. <laughs> you do what you want. You be you. <laughs> because I think two the most significant two of the three most significant happened in December. Number three being the decision to pursue Riley Leonard in the transfer portal. And I realize there are a lot of Notre Dame fans that need to be convinced that that's even in the top 10. But I do think eventually people will see that. And and my lead question today in the chat was about putting a bow on the Sam Hartman thing. And I think some of the... Sam Hartman didn't lead us to the national championship, meaning, you know, that not me saying that, but that rhetoric has tamped down expectations on Riley, whatever Riley Leonard's going to do. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think him coming in without those kind of expectations is going to be a a good thing for him. But I, I do think that it's going to end up being a really significant, particularly with the offense Notre Dame wants to run with more of a running quarterback.
0: Again, I can't wait to follow the reaction of the Irish fan base throughout this season because, as we've talked about, there's a little nervousness right now after going through the Sam Hartman experience last year, what the Irish get out of Riley Leonard. And again, Eric, I think it comes down to if you've got a quarterback that throws the ball well, there seems to be – less concern about that compared to a guy known for his running ability first before throwing the football.
1: I I would agree with you. I think optimally you want to be able to do both like Jaden Daniels did set the NCAA record for passing efficiency and also lead the country in rushing by quarterbacks. I mean, he both. So he was excellent at both things. Um, I think Riley Leonard could lead the country in rushing by a quarterback. He needs to be a top 20, preferably a top 10 guy in pass efficiency. If he does that, that's a home run for Notre Dame. Uh, But I think we saw in certain situations last year where Notre Dame didn't have that running quarterback to kind of dig them out of some checkmates from an X and O standpoint partially checkmates because of an inexperienced offensive coordinator, but they were checkmates nonetheless, where a running quarterback would have helped in those situations.
0: Third and 12, it's not out of the realm of possibility he doesn't take off and pick up the first down. I mean, I can talk about all day about what he could do on the red zone, But I think in those situations, it's 3rd and 12, and you're bringing a blitz. If he sneaks through that first line of defense, Eric, he could be off for a big, big gain. So even those 3rd and 12s don't necessarily have to be completed passes. Now, that's the way you'd like to get it done. But his, I think watching film on him at Duke a little closer, the way he just kind of sneaks through little gaps. Yeah. In the pass rush, and once he gets through that line of defense, I mean, he is off with that speed and power. It's really going to be very interesting to see the different ways Riley Leonard
1: runs the football effectively for this offense. Speed and power, and it's going to be interesting on third and one and fourth and one because suddenly Notre Dame has a a little bit different option there. Whereas, you know, the two fourth and ones in the Ohio State game that Sam Hartman wasn't able to get, you know, I think that comes back. And we, we saw Mitchapalooza, you know, at, at a time, too, a couple years ago where um, the tight end, who was a high school quarterback, came in and got, um, you know, first downs and was very good in short yardage. But I think you'll be able to – you know, or is he going to hand it off? Is he going to throw? Is he going to do a RPO? Is he going to do a quarterback sneak? And so uh, I think there's a lot of really interesting possibilities there. I would say
0: Sam Hartman against Ohio State, he scampered for the first down. Riley Leonard will bulldoze. Right. And sprint by people too.
1: <laughs> that you know, I and again, if you just look at Riley Leonard's raw numbers and his raw numbers in 2022 were pretty good, but I did wonder why he was looked upon by somebody like Mel Kuyper as an NFL prospect. I thought, does he really throw the ball well enough? And and I think Mel was anticipating that that would continue to be something that improved, but then. We saw him at his best last year in the Clemson game to open the season. A lot of people watch that game and you see exactly how he toggles between the two worlds and he kind of takes over a game and in big moments he seems to always have answers and it's not always with his arm. I think Mike Denbrock would like and Gino Gadulli and Marcus Freeman would like more of those answers to come from his arm, but... I think they really value what he can do with his legs. So that's going to be really interesting to see what Notre Dame's offense looks like.
0: Eric's opinion on Marcus Freeman's top three decisions of the offseason. Number three, bringing
1: in quarterback Riley Leonard. Number two. I mean, Marcus had to convince the right people and and get this on the table. But um, Al Golden's extension, you know, Marcus didn't drop the contract. But getting that commitment from Al Golden, I think, was – and and just not playing the carousel game. Let's let's just get this done, Al, and, and get you an extension and get a commitment. I think that was really key. Um, and, again, that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to stay for four years, but a four-year commitment means you'll at least probably get two years, if not the whole four. And, uh, you know – That sends a message to recruits, too, that Notre Dame is making a commitment to having a top-tier defense. And I know people continue to ask, does this mean that
0: the NFL won't be calling on Al Golden or Al won't be pursuing the National Football League? Things are starting to die down now in the NFL. So I think you've said all along anything can happen, but there was a good feel that Al was going to stay. So I think we're pretty much to the point now that we're safe.
1: I think so. I think they're moving in a good direction. And I I remember, you always kind of remember the guy's comments when he came in. And I, I don't think he would have come back to college had it not been for Notre Dame. I mean, he said it's Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. And that made it a unique opportunity. And now he's kind of, it's kind of like, You know, those people at the grocery store that try to get you to do samples so that you'll buy the product. You know, they tried the sample and it was like, oh, this is pretty good. I need to take this to the checkout counter. (laughs) Okay. Finally,
0: in your opinion, Marcus Freeman's top decision of the offseason. And I pretty much know what it's going to be. And I concur
1: with your choice. Picking up the phone, engaging Mike Denbrock's interest in coming back to Notre Dame. And that got the ball rolling, and it moved very fast once it got rolling. And certainly, again, he needed Notre Dame administration backing uh, to make that happen. But, you know, without that phone call saying, ah, oh, you know, some people would have said, well, he, why would he be interested? You know, he's at LSU. He's happy down there. But those guys talk pretty regularly, um, and so – I remember making that same phone call to somebody that knows Mike Denbrock really well and saying, do you think Mike would be interested in in him saying, I do. And so this was happening about the same time and and then it went downhill very quickly and happened. And I think that this is gonna be really exciting. And
0: when you- With a lot of work. Oh yeah. A lot of work. It isn't just put Mike Denbrock in there and everything's going to be like fantasy football. It's going to be great. It is going to take work. There's a lot of new parts, new terminology, although they're probably going to keep some of what the last coaching staff used, but there's a lot of personnel turnover. That offensive line has to be put back together. This isn't just plug and play. This is going to take some, I would say, blue-collar work. If Joe Alt and Blake Fisher had
1: come back, oh, then, it's, yeah. then you're like, okay, <laughs> this is this is not going to be as difficult. And even then, getting the quarterback situation right, and you're still going to have to have a competition and so forth. But, uh, you know, the offensive line is, is where the ceiling and the floor kind of starts and ends for this team because I think the other things are going to fall into place. I think the wide receivers will. I do think the quarterback will. And because it's Mike Denbrock and because his ability to work with offensive line coaches and his background with offensive line coaching himself, I do think that's going to improve that situation and maybe it will be better on August 31st than we maybe fear.
0: Hmm. I got to admit, when we talked and you mentioned that, from what you were told that Mike might come back, I think I did the old fist pump in the yeah. front room. That was that was really cool here. That was a pipe dream once we found out about Jared Parker and Troy, and that's the first thing that came to mind. Mike Denbrock, if Mike is back, then we look up, we look at this offense totally different. And by
1: golly, here we are. And and it's interesting sometimes some the blessing and something that didn't happen and there was a point where um, after Brian Kelly fired Chip Long after the 2019 season and decided to go with Tommy Reese as his offensive coordinator there was a thought of bringing Mike Denbrock back to be like an associate head coach and be kind of a safety net driver's ed teacher, you know, mentor, with a with a humble ego, but but helping Tommy Reese and and that didn't end up happening for various reasons. And I think <laughs> and Mike can guess why. And I think Mike Denbrock became a better offensive coordinator in those years to where I think he's ascended where he's where I think the whole country views him as a top absolute top-tier offensive coordinator. And I think the LSU experience helped him get to that point. Certainly Desmond Ritter at at LSU and then, you know, coming back to Notre Dame Stadium as Cincinnati's offensive coordinator in 2021 and going against Marcus Freeman. And and on that day in that Cincinnati-Notre Dame game, the game that kept Notre Dame out of the playoff, you – it's, it's hard to argue somebody else who was a better coordinator that day had a better day as a coordinator than Mike Denbrock did out of the four coordinators in that game.
0: And the person who had the most difficult day was Tommy Reese. Correct. Hand- he was
1: bad at Clay. He bad at Sugar Ray. He bad at now. Who that you, The new boy. He got. Mike Clay looked like a bulldog. He bad at him too. Here's your host, Darren Preachit. I don't know who that is.
0: Wow, we got the sad news today. One of the, the co-stars of Curb Your Enthusiasm passed away, Richard Lewis, at 76. He's oh my been God. ill for a while, I guess in April. He announced he had Parkinson's disease. And with Curb Your Enthusiasm in its final season, yeah, we lost Richard today.
1: He's probably the most famous person that ever left a message on my answering machine back when we had answering machines.
0: You've got to be the most interesting person in the world. I mean, you have a story for everything. Okay, what happened?
1: Okay, so I was ghostwriting this book called For Ohio State Fans Only. And so he's an Ohio State alum. So I was big fan talking to... A lot of pretty famous Ohio State people, and he was one of them. And I had left a message through his agent thinking that he was going to give me a time to call Richard. Well, Richard just decided to call himself and called my house, and I wasn't there. And he left a message. And it's typical Richard Lewis. He's like, oh, Eric, I'm so depressed that I missed you. You're probably making Belgian waffles for your (laughs) children. (laughs) And I wasn't, but it did sound delicious. Um he was giving me way too much credit but just he was so in character uh, when he left the answering machine message it was pretty cool
0: As a stand up he always had that I don't know what are you thinking here we are Belgian waffles yeah. I can I'm just imagining him doing that
1: bit yeah. on your answering machine <laughs> It was it was pretty entertaining I wish I had somehow been able to preserve that And and they
0: just had well I hate to spoil it but a couple of weeks ago on the new season they had Richard and Larry David, who I did know they were born three days apart in the same hospital. Wow. So they've known each other literally forever. And they have a scene in a golf cart where Richard Lewis is talking about he has put Larry in his will. And Larry doesn't want to take the money. And he wants, you know, you're you're being disrespectful and and they have this argument over death and stuff. And there's a scene even where Larry David talks about him. When are you going to die? And it's just like, but it's all in good humor and and fun. But yeah, Richard Lewis gone at 76 today. (laughs) I'm just going to start throwing out names and I can't wait to get a story. Carrot Top. (laughs) Do you have anything on Carrot Top?
1: (laughs) There's a Dodgers pitcher that looks like
0: him. (laughs) May, yes. He pitched in the Midwest League against the South Bend Cubs. I thought he was the second coming of Fidrich, the old Tiger pitcher. He
1: had just some
0: characteristics about him. But yeah, I'm trying to think of his first. Dustin May, I want
1: to say, is his yeah, name? When he got called up, he pitched against the Cardinals and, and was beating them. And I remember getting upset. And I, I might have even texted you, and I, I said, Darren, the Cardinals are losing to Karen <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I After didn't realize he year, was highly surprising. regarded. Yeah. Yeah, he was highly regarded.
0: He had Tommy John surgeries coming back from that. Okay. So you might see him on a stage or a ballpark near you. All right, Eric has a chat every Wednesday at noon at InsideIndieSports.com. Eric had that chat today. We're not on the show together tomorrow, so, or actually, yeah, that's right, tomorrow. So I've grabbed a couple of questions. Let me start with this. Rich from Key West bringing him up because he's in Key West and we're in snow right now here in South Bend. He says, it appears to me like there will be substantial pressure on the starting defensive ends early in the season to produce. I can't see the coaching staff being very patient with the starters. If they are in the last year of eligibility and not coming through with desired results, do you think the day one starters will be getting the lion's share of the minutes? Wow.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think got new uh, guys, yeah I think um the impatience thing i'm here's i guess that's what kind of pushed my answer to to him is that um, you know, Jordan Batello they wouldn't have invited him back if they didn't think there was going to be progress in twenty twenty four with him, and I do think that he made progress even though it wasn't consistent. I mean, he was the Sunbulb Bowl MVP. Uh, given how many times he's been back and forth between linebacker and defensive end, I just think he'll settle in. And And they wouldn't have got went out and gotten R.J. Oban out of the transfer portal if they didn't think there was potential for him to turn into <laughs> Javante Jean-Baptiste. I will say this, there's some good young talent behind those guys. And They tend to play rotations anyways. It's not, um, you know, Jordan Botel is going to play until somebody, you know, they're going to rotate in other guys. We'll see Junior Tui Halamaka. We'll see Bubakar Traore. We may even see Logan Thomas if he gets his weight up high enough. And on the other side, we're going to see Joshua Burnham. We may see Aiden Gobira if his knee recovery is coming. I mean, there's some Bryant, uh, Bryant Young's son, Bryce, is really a fascinating prospect at six seven, two fifty freshmen coming in. So I have high hopes for the defensive end position. Now again, that's what spring football and off season football is about answering those questions. So we'll see.
0: Okay. We've got Ryan from Mars, Pennsylvania. Eric, which running backs will do the best with Audric Estime going to the NFL?
1: Well, there, you know, there's six of them, and they're all six going to be here for spring. There's two freshmen, and then there's four returnees. And I think in order, the guys that will get the most opportunities will be Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, Jabron Payne, and then Keedron Young, the freshman. I'm not sure what the role will be for Devin Ford, but he's very valuable on special teams. Aeneas Williams may surprise us. But I think Kedron of the two freshmen will probably be able to earn a role. But I think the top of that depth chart is going to be much more similar to 2022 where you had a real timeshare with Logan Diggs and Audric Estime. I think that's what we'll see with Price and um, Love. Also from Eric's chat today at
0: InsideIndieSports.com, Larry from Topton, Pennsylvania. Can you offer us a way-too-early keys for the Texas A&M game that would offer us fans some Notre Dame optimism for that game?
1: (laughs) The Carter Carls will not be playing quarterback. Carl Carls will not be playing quarterback, but we will be in the press box with him, and that will be an interesting experience. We haven't experienced that in a while. Carter is a former South Bend Tribune colleague of ours who we dearly love and who is getting married in May. Dearly loved platonically. Anyways, uh, we don't want to uh, get his new wife worried. We, um, <laughs> I, I think the thing that I can assure Larry, who's nervous about this game, is that Notre Dame's defense from the get-go should be good enough in every game to keep them in every game. It won't win every game for them, but they're going to be in every game because of their defense. And then I think, where I'm encouraged is I feel that there are some pretty intriguing pieces. There's talent on offense, and I think Mike Denbrock and his association with Mike Brown and Gino Gadulli, I I think that's going to really help with bringing that offensive talent along. So I feel better about the Texas A&M game than maybe Vegas does at this point. Uh, I think Notre Dame... By the time it rolls around, we'll be favored. I don't think it's a blow-up by any means. I was talking to Dennis Dodd today from CBS Sports, their national writer, and we were talking about that game a little bit. And he also thinks Notre Dame should and will be favored in that opener. He's going to be our podcast guest tomorrow. You're just throwing out
0: names left and right. Richard Lewis, Dennis Dodd, I'm telling you. Well, we'd like to
1: get Carrot Top on the podcast.
0: (laughs) I saw him at the Super Bowl. Did you
1: really? He looks like he has lived life a little hard. Oh, yeah, I did see that picture, yeah. He was in the box with Jimmy Kimmel and some other – Yes. Kelly Clarkson maybe was in that there. Kelly Clarkson?
0: Okay. Yeah. Very good. And let's go to Sed Walker from Saginaw Mission. He said, Saginaw Pride. Eric, who do you see being the biggest surprise on offense or defense during spring practice?
1: Yeah, I get asked this a lot. You know, Marie earlier in the chat asked for players that were unknown or, or never talked about, and I thought, do those exist on the Notre Dame roster? So I gave her a different answer. I went really deep down the depth chart and surprise meter on that. But I think, to me, the two that probably will surprise people are Emil Wagner at offensive tackle and Luke Talich at safety. I think for Marie, I gave her um, Kahano kia mm. at linebacker. And offensively, I went with Micah Gilbert, a freshman wide receiver. I do think those are two players people aren't talking a lot about, but I think everybody on Notre Dame gets talked about. Okay, very
0: good. That's just a sample Of everything that Eric and his fan base talked about, read the entire transcript at InsideIndieSports.com. Eric's part of the Rivals Network covering Notre Dame athletics, and you can be a part of the festivities next Wednesday at noon. And if you take part, just throw out random celebrities to Eric, and we'll see what we come up with (laughs) other stories from Eric's past. I mean, we had Sean Kemp. Richard Lewis. I mean, the list goes on and on. 553 Twitter question of the day is next on WSBT.
1: This is the Budweiser's weekday sports beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
0: <laughs> 557 at WSBT. Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor, Hall of Fame writer at InsideIndySports.com My name is Darren Pritchett Let's get to our sports beat InsideIndySports.com Twitter question of the day from Monday I was not on the show yesterday Monday I asked this Eric Jack Collinsworth was removed by NBC as the play-by-play voice of Notre Dame football and replaced by a former broadcaster of the Irish Dan Hicks This decision will lead to your game experience being, fill in the blank, more enjoyable, no different, less enjoyable. I won't ask you because you're at the games, and if you look something up, you're not listing for the play-by-play.
1: I will say this. Our subscribers would say more enjoyable pretty unanimously. Okay. You speak for the population. I'm just relaying information. I like Jack. I've met him, and I like him as a person. Just too early in his career.
0: Yeah. Way too early. Okay. The answers were as followed. Third place, less enjoyable, got 4%. I like the word with those people. Mm-hmm. No different, 32%, and winning easily with Jack Collins. out. Your game experience will be more enjoyable. They got 64% of the vote. Dan Hicks is... Rock solid. Good solid broadcaster. And hopefully he'll be talking about a lot of wins coming up in 2024. To today's question, which you can find on my Twitter X account at 960SportsB Notre Dame football will go 9 0 this fall against teams not named Texas AM, USC, and Florida State. And really, the Irish need probably to run the table in these nine. To ensure their spot in the playoff, assuming they win two of three against the other three, one and three it gets a little dicey. I
1: think ten and two with that schedule, Eric, I'm I might be biting my fingernails a little bit. I would be biting my fingernails because then you're saying two of those losses come in November. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So.
0: Is the answer true or false? Notre Dame football will go 9-0 this fall against teams not named AM, USC, and Florida State. You can vote right now on my Twitter X account at 960 Sportspeed. And now it's time to find out what you will find today, tomorrow, in the near future at Eric's website, part of the Rivals Network, InsideIndySports.com.
1: Well, again, you can get the whole chat transcript uh, had some great questions today. We kept it rolling all through the off season. Usually, I take a break in February. Uh, all kinds of new rankings updates with the rivals. Will Black got his four. Remember we talked about him getting a four star. He got a four star from Rivals today. We have our podcast tomorrow with Dennis Dodd. We're going to talk about all those. Deep national issues and get a national perspective on Notre Dame. But if you're worried about labor unions, NIL, um, playoff expansion to 14 teams, we'll talk about that. And of course, Darren, there's always much, much more. You better believe it. Check it out inside Eric,
0: you're off tomorrow, but you're co hosting the program with Jim Arizari on Friday. So you'll be back in the big chair then. We'll see you eventually. Sounds great. All right, that's Eric Hansen from InsideIndieSports.com. Coming up next hour, we'll talk to the sports editor at the Elkhart Truth, and that is Ken Fox. We'll dig into what happened last night at the Elkhart Sectional with Concord and also Penn picking up victories. And look ahead to Friday night. That's coming up, plus some Notre Dame football recruiting talk here on WSBT.